Hi, I'm Jason Flom, and here on Righteous Convictions, I speak with some of today's most prominent and active agents of change, people who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. Today's guest began as a court reporter in Mississippi before a film sent him on a mission to solve decades-old hate crimes, bringing previously shielded white supremacists to justice long overdue. Here we are in 2021, and the State Department and the Justice Department have a long list of terrorist organizations, right? It does not to this day include KKK. Now, he continues his lifelong mission of shining a light on the darkest parts of our past and present at the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting. Investigative journalist Jerry Mitchell, right now on Righteous Convictions. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome back to Righteous Convictions. By now, you know that this is the show where I have the privilege of interviewing righteous people who are doing amazing things to improve the country and the planet for all of us. And today, I'm going to be interviewing Jerry Mitchell. Good to be with you, Jason. So Jerry is, I mean, his job is he's an investigative reporter, And he won't say this, but I will. This man is a civil rights legend. But just to go back to the very beginning, Jerry, are you a Mississippian by birth? And how did you come to find your calling of investigative reporting and civil rights work? So I grew up in East Texas. I didn't come to Mississippi until 1986. I really got into journalism because I liked writing and not the investigative reporting at all. And I read All the President's Men uh, when I was a young reporter. And from that point forward, I wanted to be an investigative reporter. I kind of feel like Fannie Lou Hamer about the civil rights movement. I didn't choose it. It chose me, if that makes any sense. You know, I was pretty young at the time, and I knew about Dr. King's assassination and the other assassinations, but I really didn't know any details. And they certainly didn't teach it at school. I mean, how did you end up becoming this guy that is out there, you know, courageously making these stands? Strangely enough, it all started with a movie. I was a court reporter in 1989 working for the Clarion Ledger, a statewide newspaper in Mississippi. And I ended up being assigned to go cover this press premiere of a movie called Mississippi Burning. Civil rights activists pretty much despised the film. 
and, and understandably so because of its depiction of the activist. But having said that, I ended up seeing that movie with a couple of FBI agents who investigated that case. And the Mississippi burning case is the case of three young men, civil rights workers, James Cheney, Andy Goodman, Mickey Schwerner, uh, two to three from New York City, and then James Cheney from, from Meridian, Mississippi. And so they were working on, you know, trying to register black voters in Mississippi and other things like that. And the Klan basically killed them, buried their bodies 15 feet down in Earth, a damn really miracle they were ever found. So this was a movie about that. And I knew nothing about it. I was stunned to find out that there were more than 20 Klansmen involved in killing these three young men. And nobody had ever been prosecuted for murder. And then, like a month later, I happen upon this story about this defunct state agency in Mississippi called the Mississippi Sovereignty Commission, which was a state segregation spy agency. It was headed by the governor of Mississippi and plus all the top state leaders. And their job was basically they were trying to thwart integration in Mississippi in any way possible and black voting, any you know, anything associated with that. So there's more than 130,000 pages of records that were all sealed by the Mississippi legislature for 50 years. When I found that out, I'm like, well, there's something in there. And so those two events really helped drive me toward looking at these cases. The Mississippi burning case, I couldn't believe no one had been prosecuted for murder. And then I suddenly happened upon these spy documents that, that began to be leaked to me, which basically showed that at the same time, the state of Mississippi was prosecuting a guy named Byron Deal Beckwith for the murder of Meg Revers, who was a NAACP leader here in Mississippi and was assassinated in 63. At the same time, the state was prosecuting this guy for murdering Meg Revers. This other arm of the state, the Sovereignty Commission, was secretly trying to get Beckwith acquitted, and nobody knew that. And so that story ran October 1st of 1989 and uh, basically led to the case being reopened. In learning more about your story, you are the Klan's worst nightmare. And um, <laughs> and I think that's probably a title you would be happy to wear. I, I'm pride. happy to wear that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, let me not give short shrift to the fact that the man I'm speaking to right now, Jerry, I'm going to talk to you about you in the third person again, is a winner of the MacArthur Genius Grant, a Pulitzer Prize finalist. And he has an extraordinary book, which I read called Race Against Time, which covers his extraordinary pursuit of these cold cases from the civil rights era and putting his own life on the line. I mean, you must have a long list of enemies. I would imagine, but I don't know, that you at various times must have been the subject of, at a minimum, death threats. But yes. I mean, was there, can you take us through some of the scariest moments that you had during this, this amazing journey that you were on? Yeah, I had, you know, probably dozens of death threats. I had a guy tell me he was going to slit my throat. Another one said he had photographs of me and knew where I lived. And in terms of in-person encounters, I guess the the kind of creepiest uh, slash scariest one was Byron D. Beckwith, the assassin of Meg Revers. He lived in Signal Mountain, Tennessee, which is just outside of Chattanooga. And so I went and interviewed him for about six hours. 
you know, absolutely the most racist person I ever spent serious time with. It was inward this, inward that. And, you know, and then he started in all the other non-white races and just, you know, one of those guys that after you got done interviewing, you felt like you needed a bath, you know what I mean? Anyway, we get to the end of it and it's starting to get dark and he insists on walking me out to the car. And I'm like, really? That's okay. I think I can find my way. So it gets me out to the car and says, if you write positive things about white Caucasian Christians, God will bless you. If you write negative things about white Caucasian Christians, God will punish you. If God does not punish you directly, several individuals will do it for him. And so his wife had made me a sandwich. I think you can guess what I did with the sandwich. <laughs> I'm assuming the sandwich was made on white bread. It was made on white bread. <laughs> it was. It was. Turkey sandwich. Yeah. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Looking back at the people who you helped bring to justice, right? It's like a hall of shame of yes. some of the worst racist, violent, segregationists, and well, they're Ku Klux Klan people. So, I mean, what yeah, can you yeah. say, right? I mean, that says it all right there. You know, some of these names will be familiar to people. Byron De La Beckwith for his 1963 assassination of Medgar Evers, who was the NAACP wow. leader. I mean, right. Imperial Wizard Sam Bowers, you took him on, mm -hmm. you know, and he, of course, was responsible for ordering the fatal firebombing of another NAACP leader, Vernon Damer which was back in 1966. Then there's Bobby Cherry for the 1963 bombing of a Birmingham church. I mean, I think this should be taught in every school. And it did, I think, help to turn the tide. You're correct that that event began to galvanize America, you know, against anyone who would be on the side of the Klan, essentially. You, you couldn't be on the side of the Klan anymore. Um, to back up in time, this is the spring of 1963 in Birmingham. This is where the children begin to march to protest what's happening, the segregation and other things within that city. And so children begin to march and they leave the 16th Street Baptist Church, which is a church that's in downtown Birmingham. And so they left from there. And we've all seen the footage. We've all seen the photographs of the dogs the fire hoses, those were the children that left that church. And so basically Dr. King was involved in that, Ralph Abernathy, Fred Shuttlesworth, and eventually the city agreed to desegregate. And then that fall, September of 1963, the schools began to be integrated. And so the Klan struck back. 
and they bombed the church that had been the staging place for all these protests and killed these four girls and blinded a fifth girl. And so, yes, it, it definitely galvanized people in terms of the movement. Yeah, because it was national news, right? This was not a Mississippi thing. This was really lifting the veil on mm-hmm. the awful racism and racist violence yes. that was taking place. It's interesting too, right? Because you, Jerry, were investigating these things sort of a quarter century or more after yeah. they happened. And these people had, you know, sort of settled into their lives. They'd gotten away with it. Yes. Right? They were good until you came along. And you had to really somehow move people to open these cold cases and open this chapter that this state aggressively closed, right? They'd sealed all these records, as you discussed, and they had essentially moved on, like let bygones be bygones, right? You know, and we know what happened to Schwerner, Cheney, and Goodman and, and countless others who aren't as well known, who, who dared to sort of speak truth to the racist powers. That, that was what it was back then, right? The governor, the sovereignty commission, like the, the government was actively involved in many of these lynchings and other terroristic acts that were committed against members of the black community. And also, well, yep. in this case, two, two Jewish guys from New York. And exactly. so your work had a ripple effect, right? right. Six other states actually re-examined 29 civil rights era cases, making 27 arrests, which led to 22 convictions. Well, I think once, you know, like Byron D. Lebeck was arrested even, people began to think more in terms of possibility, especially after he was convicted. And then there began to be more than one conviction. Let's say Birmingham case. I know Doug Jones, who prosecuted the Birmingham case, has said that, you know, once they saw what Mississippi had been able to do, then they were thinking, hey, wait a minute, we should be able to do this too. In other words, like it seemed so impossible and it made them realize the possibility of it. And so you're right, there there were other states that began to, to look at these and began to have other convictions as well. So before we get into all this amazing stuff you're working on now, I did want to ask you, so 2020 saw the, what a crazy year in general, but this country experienced the largest civil rights protests in the history of the world. And I want to know from your perspective, does this make you feel, how do you feel now? Do you feel optimistic, pessimistic? What kind of progress do you think we've made since, um, well, going back into the sixties? Well, it seems like with regard to race that we as a nation typically make a step or two forward only to make a step or two back sometimes. It's like we keep repeating our history because we don't know our history. You know, we're doing some of the same things that we did before. I mean, we, we there, it's like there's no recognition of the past. But the protest-wise, I mean, you would be encouraged by that. For example, in in Mississippi, this is Starkville, Mississippi, which is only 25,000 people, predominantly white city, that a Black Lives Matter march of more than 2,000 people. And the vast majority of people that marched in the Black Lives Matter march were white. The fact that the Black Lives Matter became a worldwide movement, really, is certainly something of progress. But then you see what happened on January the 6th. And that's pretty disturbing. What's kind of fascinating to me is we typically 
as a nation. Uh, you saw it with Oklahoma City bombing, for example. And I'm sure you remember this, Jason, when, when the Oklahoma City bombing happened, what was everybody saying? Well, this is foreign terrorists, you know. I think CBS had a logo. It was like terror in the heartland or something like that. And then they found out white guys did it. <laughs> and suddenly all the talk of terrorism went away. And it's like, these guys were terrorists too. I mean, and here's another shocking thing to me. Here we are in 2021. And the State Department and the Justice Department have a long list of terrorist organizations, right? It does not to this day include KKK. Wow. It's incredible because the only thing that they, that basically all they do is terrorism, right? That's how, that's, that's I mean, it's not like they have... Yeah, that's not like they have another thing. They don't like build wells in communities or like pretend. <laughs> exactly. They don't even pretend to be like teaching or doing something else. And no. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. There's that famous saying, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. I'm, I'm mangling it, but that's basically what it says. You've spent your life trying to make sure that people do know our history and that it doesn't get swept under the rug. And now you have founded the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting, or MCIR, in 2018. That Because we have made progress in many ways since, since those horrible cases back in the 60s. So you now, in 2018, you founded the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting, which is a nonprofit news organization. And this organization focuses on issues that the worst people want us all to ignore, right? Yeah. Generational poverty, racial disparities, the criminal justice system, prisons, mm -hmm. corrupt politicians, and how Mississippi tax dollars are really spent, not how they tell you are spent. Right. So what are the goals? How do you decide what to investigate? And what's the most interesting story that you've published recently? Three questions in one. We believe in kind of shining a light in the darkness, as we say. And as you well know, when you start doing that, the, the roaches scatter, right? So that that's what you want to do. You want to bring a light to these various things, to injustices that are taking place, whether you're talking about the way inmates are being treated. And we did a whole series of exposés about Mississippi prisons, including Parchman, uh, which currently the Justice Department is investigating those prisons as a result of that. We did a series on poverty in the pandemic, which are kind of looking at the most impoverished places in Mississippi 
and how the pandemic was affecting them. And so we found, for example, that for-profit nursing homes were having like two and three times the deaths of the not-for-profit nursing homes. We found that Mississippi is among the states that has not expanded Medicaid. We've seen all sorts of rural hospitals close in Mississippi. Two-thirds of our rural hospitals right now are losing money, but there there continues to be reticence. Uh, There's some talk of pushing it onto the ballot for something for voters in Mississippi to decide in uh, next year, which is what Oklahoma and Missouri did, and they both passed it. So we'll see what what happens with that. Uh, We're also starting work on uh, domestic violence against women of color. Basically, it's uh, a top killer of women of color, and yet it's really not been addressed as a public health issue. Uh, we are working on a cold case, well, really a, really like an innocence project case, uh, where a guy is in prison. Basically, there's no body, and then they did find a Jane Doe body, and then they promptly lost that body, which sounds made up. And then the guy that was the key prosecution witness was so mentally ill that they had to postpone the trial six times. And this guy's in prison for like 20 or 30 years. What's the guy's name? Uh, Bildrick Walker. You know, I'm glad you're doing that. And I appreciate all the work that you're doing on all of these issues. So I got to ask you a question. This is my favorite question that I get to ask. If you had a magic wand and you had one thing that you could fix, what would it be? Racial relations in America. I just think the ability, Ella Baker, I think, is the one that said this, the ability for white Americans to be able to understand the black American experience, as well as all people of all colors. I think if we could begin to see each other sympathetically instead of otherwise. As we close this episode, first of all, thank you again for being here and for all the incredible work you've done to make things a little better and fairer for everyone, except the KKK. And um, (laughs) I couldn't resist that. But now we have the ending of our show where I'm just going to turn off my microphone and kick back in my chair and just leave yours on for any final words of wisdom you want to share with our audience and with me. I think that we keep repeating our history because we don't know our history. And I think it's so important that we know our history. The the civil rights movement, for example, the way students typically learn it is this. Rosa Parks sat down. Martin Luther King stood up. And all Americans got their rights. And that's just... It's not only an absurd reduction of the civil rights movement, it fails to really tell that story. I mean, uh, Rosa Parks had been involved in the civil rights movement since the 30s. I mean, she investigated the rapes of black women back in the 1930s and 40s. Just so many things she was involved in. And then with regard to her action, she was actually not the only black woman who refused to give up her seat in 1955 in Montgomery. She was actually the fifth. So there was a whole series of arrests that took place. And it just, 
negates the work of so many people who are involved in the movement. In addition to that, I know the people who've read the book who said to me, I had no idea all these things happened. And there are a lot of history that we just kind of skirt over. For example, one of the worst racial massacres in the United States since the Civil War began actually took place in Manhattan. And it was after the draft riots and where a black orphanage was burned to the ground, African-Americans were killed, uh, driven out of Manhattan. And to my knowledge, I don't think there's a historical sign there. So often it's so easy to not record our own history, the things that we've done, but to maybe point uh, away from that. And, and so I think that's why it's important to tell this history and record this history so that we know the full picture of a history of our country. Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Jeff Clyburn, and Kevin Wardis. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Conviction, on Twitter at Wrong Conviction, and on Facebook at Wrongful Conviction Podcast. Righteous Convictions is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number no. 1. deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now.